Welcome to Environmentality, a podcast for current environmental news, lectures, and interviews with the experts. I'm your host, Brendan Anthony. Let's dive on in. And now, here's your brief update on what's been happening to the planet from around the world. Hey everybody, welcome back to your weekly environmental news update. First story comes to us from Cape Canaveral, where NASA has launched their new rover, Perseverance, to Mars. The rover is set to embark on a groundbreaking expedition. And I mean that literally. The rover is set to collect up to 43 rock and soil samples in a crater that appeared to once be filled with water. The rover is in search of fossils or any chemical or geological sign of past life. The soil samples will remain in the rover until a hopeful future expedition will be able to go to Mars and bring them back to Earth. A feat that has not been able to be accomplished yet, but the goal is for that to be able to happen in 2031. The rover is also newly equipped with microphones and will be able to record sounds on Mars for the very first time. Additionally, Perseverance is also set to try and convert the CO2 in Mars' atmosphere into oxygen. This would be a very valuable technology if done properly for astronauts that are set to go to Mars in the coming decades. The nearly $3 billion rover is set to land on Mars on February 18th, 2021. This marks the third mission to Mars in recent weeks, with the United Arab Emirates and China also launching their first interplanetary mission to Mars as well. However, NASA was very quick to highlight that this is certainly not a race to Mars. This is NASA's ninth rover to Mars, whereas, again, this is the first mission for these other countries. So the question is, is this just coincidence? Why are three Mars missions all launching within a few weeks of each other? Well, the reason why is that Mars and Earth are closest in their proximity only every 26 months. A window that closes in August and won't be available until the fall of 2022. Our second story comes to us from the Eastern Tropical Pacific, where a long-term study shows that Eastern Tropical Pacific coral reefs may demonstrate some resilience to the increased ocean temperatures. In recent years, oceans have hit record-breaking numbers in terms of the temperature in the water. This has caused massive bleaching events all around the western tropical Pacific, off the coast of Australia and Southeast Asia, where again the algae is ejected from the coral due to the extreme heat, and the coral dies, leaving a very white skeleton, i.e. bleaching. However, after 44 years of researching coral reefs from Baja, California to the Galapagos Islands, researchers show that the amount of living coral hasn't changed much. The reason why? The corals in this region are very fast growing, and the algae that is in symbiosis with these corals is extremely tolerant to these excessive ocean temperatures. This means that even if there is a fluke event or extreme warm temperatures occur, the corals have this innate ability to recover quickly within 10 to 15 years. This showcases a high level of resiliency. Dr. Porter, the lead researcher on the study, explains that the key to survival for future reefs may not be in immunity to stress, but rather in ability to recover and regrow after stress. The findings on these eastern Pacific reefs may help inform the future for coral reef survival around the world. This last story is good news for your morning cup of orange juice. A huge breakthrough has just been found in the fight against citrus greening. 
a disease that is wiping out citrus trees, primarily orange and grapefruit, all around the world. Researchers have identified a gene in an exotic Australian citrus fruit called finger limes. The finger lime produces a peptide that acts like a natural antibiotic and provides resistance to this devastating disease. Citrus greening is a bacterial disease that is transmitted through insects and the bacteria infects the vascular system of the tree that clogs the ability of the tree to transport water and nutrients to the rest of the tree. This would be equivalent to if something was clogging up our blood vessels and we weren't able to pump blood to necessary organs in our body. This natural antibiotic is now being synthesized in the lab to be able to be used in commercial settings, much like any other fertilizer or chemical application. This natural antibiotic would be able to be sprayed on the trees providing immunity and resistance for the trees against citrus greening. This is a massive win for an industry that was projected to be only 10 years out from extinction. In other words, your morning cup of orange juice may not be in jeopardy after all. And there you have it, folks, your three environmental news stories for the week. Come back on Thursday to hear a interview with a very special guest, Danielle Carnahan, a wildlife conservationist who researched elephant psychology in Thailand. We'll see you here Thursday. Thanks so much for tuning in.